0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. This week and next week, we're going to talk about decisions and how decisions lead to our direction. And so I've called it Make Up Your Mind simply because I couldn't decide what the title should be. I was like, I didn't know. So I was like, ah. And so I'm just, hey, there you go. Make up your mind. Because we come into the new year all the time thinking we're going to do bigger and better things. It's going to be not like it was. And. Hopefully, you come in the new year thinking that, but we don't make the decisions we should. We kind of waver between things. And if we keep doing what we've always done, we'll never have the change we long for. And so we just need to make up our mind that this is going to be different this year. So we're going to talk about some decisions, making up our mind to do some things. The 17th and the 24th are what I call our GO messages, GO. GO stands for generosity. So the 17th, we're going to look at what we've done through our generosity and giving, loving, and serving, and praying on all of 2015, kind of a, a year in review, if you will, see the highlights and talk about the great things God was able to do in and through you and I, again, through our generosity. And the 24th, we'll talk about O and go, meaning opportunity. What does it look like in 2016 for this church and how you can be a part of that? We're gonna cast some vision, share some vision with you so you can get on board. And if you call this place home, off we go, amen? So we're excited what that holds. And then the end of the month, on the 31st, Five Sundays in January, we'll end out the month with an encounter service or encounter time. Fifth Sunday of the month happens four times a year at the end of the month, kind of really launching us out into 2016. And then, of course, we have the, as you saw in the video and as Pastor Cody uh, probably mentioned, the uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so we'll talk a little bit more within the context of my message. But it's so important for us to get our year positioned right. Amen. To get ourselves tuned into to what God's wanting out of you and I for this upcoming year so it's going to be a great month a great year it sets us up for the rest of the year so make sure that you are on board God's going to do some great things I believe that because he's a good and faithful God all right okay so Philippians go ahead and turn there for me Philippians we're talking about make up your mind that, and not just kind of a frustrating thing, right? Where you're going to, and you, maybe you've already had this, maybe between services, or you're going to have this discussion probably in the car and you leave here, where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Make up your mind. I wish you'd just make up your mind, right? And so, uh, you know, and then you, but you say, I don't care. And so they pick, and then you say, no, I don't want to go there. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and you pick a place that you know, they don't like on purpose. So maybe that's just us anyway. So, uh, <laughs> it's gonna be different this year, honey. I promise. Um, but we're going to look at, uh, starting out in Philippians, the Apostle Paul, and helping us make some decisions, and we're going to start with the message today called The One Thing. The one thing that we need to start with, really, that it's all about. And, and it might seem something that is really obvious, and, and I hope that it is to you, something that is seemingly really simple, and I hope that it is, because really, the power of the Word of God is the simplicity of it, because then we can understand it and apply it to our life. Um, but probably something that we're not necessarily walking in. And I know with a new year, you want a new vision, and new revelation. What's God saying today? And, and we Google all the people that have the word for 2016 and all that kind of stuff. But I'm more about doing what I know I'm supposed to be doing rather than looking for the new, right? I know God's not going to give you a, a new necessarily unless you do what he's already told you to do. So, we're going to get back to the real simplistic power of the Word of God, looking at the one thing we need to make up our mind and do this year, and everything else will be an outflow of that. Amen? No matter what people prophesy and whatever kind of things they have for the ringing in the new year, the little sayings and cliches, it doesn't really matter if you're not doing what the Word says. Amen? And so, that's what we're going to look at in Philippians, starting with chapter 3 and verse 13. And here's the Apostle Paul, and he's speaking from prison. And so he's been uh, thrown in a Roman prison cell, horrible conditions. He's in chains under bondage, and he's awaiting execution. And I, did I just describe 2015 for you? <laughs> if I did, don't raise your hand, right? <clears throat> hey, freedom for you. Amen. In Jesus' name, you're coming out from that place. But the great thing about this is even in the midst of the, the bondage to the chains, if you will, in prison, awaiting uh, execution, he's still planning for the future, and so he still has a goals he's setting. We'll look at that in just a second. He is focusing on something. He's telling us the importance and value of understanding the one thing that it is that is the difference in life. And he's making plans. And so I love that about him. Let's start reading in verse 13. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. I haven't fulfilled everything I feel I'm supposed to fulfill on the planet. There's more for me. How many of you guys know there's more for you? Wherever you're at right now, there is more. And so there's another level to go. There's more things to walk in. There's more blessings of God, more things to fulfill. There's more for you. You haven't obtained that place yet. But the one thing I do, understand this, he says, the one thing I do. Say one thing. One thing. Hold on to that. The one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Again, I love that he's writing from this place that we think that there's no point in planning for the future, you realize there is always a point to plan for the future. There is always hope in Jesus, amen? There is always hope in God. Every day is a new day. His mercies are new every morning, amen? Great is his faithfulness. He is a good and faithful God. So we always need to be planning and setting goals. And he says uh, this uh, uh, about forgetting what is behind. And, And you'll remember he said, I forget what is behind. That is very important, especially for Paul, because paul we know Paul as the apostle, Paul the apostle, but really he was before that, he was Paul the murderer of Christians, <laughs> and so he's probably glad as we are, as he changed titles, but what he had to do is forget what his past held, and he thought he was doing the right thing, a good thing, as he was a follower of the law, and he looked at the new Christian movement as a cult, and it was his responsibility to end it. Little did he know that that's what Jesus was doing until his encounter, and then everything changed. So he had a past that he knew it was important to forget, and I want to encourage you. In fact, in in February, we're going to get into a, a big series about that. I want to encourage you, let the past be the past. Forget the things that are behind. Don't carry them into this new year. That's why I love January. A new year, a new opportunity, a new moment, a new beginning Let the past be the past. Let God deal with your past so you can focus on your future. And so uh, Paul's saying, I need to forget the past. And he says, I need to strain. That word that we saw, strain, uh, talks to intensity, that I'm really pushing for it. I'm really working for it. I'm determined. And he says, press on. Press on towards the goal. I'm determined to dedicate it. See, Paul was telling us we need to set goals no matter where we're at in life. And he says, we need to be determined to move towards those and so we just don't roll into this new year hoping for the best. Let's just understand that. But I love Jesus. Hey, I do too. There's a lot of people dying dying, and suffering horrible things that love Jesus. Come on. And Jesus has victory for us to walk in. So there's things that need to be done on our part. And so we need to make sure that we just aren't cruising in to this new year, just I love Jesus, I'm saved, I'll just take it as it comes. But be intentional and purposeful, make up your mind to make some different choices, some different decisions, because it will determine the direction of your life. And so we're gonna take a few weeks and discuss that. But let me start by saying this, whatever happened yesterday, let it stay there. Whatever didn't happen that should have happened, whatever mistakes were made, whatever goals we set but never obtained again, You need to know God is a God of second chances, amen? God is a God of second chances. Let's take a look at Isaiah 43. Let's read from here now. Forget the former things, here we go, and here is Isaiah the prophet, again, instructing us just as much as Paul did, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past, see I'm doing a new thing, say new thing. Now I used to think that that was maybe the most important part of that passage of scripture, new thing, and I love it, I love a new thing, I've been ready for a new thing, I'm ready. But here the next word I think really is one that we really need to get a revelation of because then it says now, say now. Now, Now. you realize there is a God moment right now for you? I mean, because we're praying for a new thing, I want a new thing, and God's doing a new thing. He's the God of the new, new thing. It's now. (laughs) I don't know how to stress that anymore. It's now. I want you to get a revelation, not of the new thing necessarily, all that's important, but of the now part of that. That means God created a moment for you right now to make up your mind and make some better choices and decisions right now. Right now is a moment in time God created for you. I love that. And then he asks this question. He says, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? And really the reason why that question is asked is because he knew most of us would not. We didn't know what's going on. We just kind of take it as it comes. I mean, if that's the way, that's the play of the cards I was dealt, you know, that's just kind of how it is around here. No, and I think the reason why that question is there is emphasizing the now. You need to see the now. You need to see the right here right now that God has created the moment opportunity for you. And so most of us miss it. I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. And I, and I want us to understand again that we need to make up our mind right now today to decide to follow God in this now moment. You realize that the decisions that you make are important. They'll set the direction for life. In fact, the decisions that you've made in your past, you are the sum total of those. Wouldn't you agree? Good and bad, where you are, who you are right now is because of the sum total of all the decisions you've made. No, it's because I wasn't born in the right place. No, it's because I was, I didn't have the opportunities other people had. No, it's because of the devil. No, it's because I might, no, no, it's because of the choices and decisions you made, good and bad, where we are today in life. Now, that's not something to say, ah, man, poor me or whatever. That's to say, then let's seize the now moment. And let's make up our mind to make some better decisions. And we're going to look at the one decision that's the best decision we could ever make, as Paul kind of set us up for, and we see here as well with the prophet Isaiah. And can I just say, I've made some really good decisions, and I've made some really bad decisions. We have. We have as a family. We have in our marriage. We have. It's just life. How many of you guys have been there, right? And I thank God for his mercy. Amen. They're new every morning. And I thank God for his grace. But I know that we are in a now moment in a new year that we need to make up our mind to make some decisions today and to start some things off better. And I wanna look at the most important decision of our lives and so if Paul says, the one thing I do, then let's look at that one thing and what it might be in our lives. I don't necessarily know, we'll see in a moment actually what Paul's one thing was, he'll tell us in a little bit. But let's look at it this way, let me ask, you, let me ask it this way to you. One, one thing if changed would make the biggest difference in my life. Ask yourself that. Well, one thing if changed would make the biggest difference in my life. And probably a lot of things popped in your head right now in that moment. And probably you didn't need any prompting. It probably was there already, right? And you've probably been trying to deal with it and push through it on your way to church. It may have been the thing to try to keep you from coming today. Probably maybe had to push through it during praise and worship, and then hopefully you're able to just give it unto the Lord when you're saying healing is here, freedom is here, Jesus is here, amen. It's the one thing that the Holy Spirit was prompting you to let go and release, whatever that is, whatever that thing, it's the one thing if change that things would get better. If you weren't doing any more, things would be different, or if you were doing, things would be different. And I, and I, I so want us to find that and go after it, and that's why what we want to do as a church, help everybody find that and go after that. And we all have that one thing, that we need to look and identify. Wouldn't you love to know what Paul's is? And we'll look at that in a moment here towards the end. But understand that there's things that we can do to help change the direction of our life. And so let's look at a few what it might be. And I don't know what it might be for you, but let me just throw out some ideas for you. Maybe it's a habit. Maybe look at your habits, right? We probably all have habits and some good habits, some bad habits, but maybe it's that habit. If you weren't doing this any longer, then things would be different. Or if you could change this, this would be it. And maybe it's a habit that maybe is something that you, you, you spend too much time uh, watching TV, something as simple as that. Maybe, maybe your friends are telling you that you drink too much, and you don't think you do, but if everybody tells you you do, hey, you probably ought to listen. Maybe it's the one thing that, it's a tobacco thing, or maybe it's the one thing of, of spending money, or maybe it's the internet, and, and not even necessarily in a bad way, or bad things. I mean, maybe it is the bad things on the internet that you would look at or could do, and but maybe it's the time that the internet consumes of your day, right? It's going to the restaurant and seeing everybody at the table on their device, right? And I'm wondering, how do they order, how do they communicate with the waitress through text? Right, that has to be what they're doing, right? Telling the cook what they want to get in their order, I need a refill, right? Surely not just ignoring each other just to be on their device, right? But maybe it's the social media, maybe, maybe it's all those things, I don't know, but maybe it's a habit that if you could change something, what would it be? And life would be different. Uh, maybe it's relationships, and that's a big deal, isn't it? Relationships in our life are extremely important. They help determine the course of our life many times. And probably maybe, it's some, maybe there's some bad ones that you know they're not good for you, and you know you need to do something about it. You need to make up your mind to take the now moment provided for you and make a better decision. Maybe it's the relationship that you've let drift apart. Maybe it's your marriage that over time you've just started out great, but maybe now you've gotten miles and miles apart that you need to make some decisions now, make up your mind, you're gonna bring it back together instead of saying, "What's well, it's too late, there's nothing more we can do. Uh, maybe it's the relationship that maybe you're getting too close to and you, you have no business doing. Maybe it's the one that you need to repair or restore, whatever that is. If I could just put this back together or if I could just let this one go, but maybe those are some of the things that you need to think about. Maybe this is the year. How about this being the year? Maybe it's your debt. I'm in debt. I'm in debt up to my eyeballs, right? I mean, especially right after Christmas, you know, in January, you get the bill, right? You get the credit card bill, right? So go ahead and open it because then you'll get late fees if you're fees to open it because you don't want to see it, right? And get after it. And if you've overspent, don't ask God to help you pay it off. Just repent, right? And then change from your wicked, evil ways. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, but you know what I'm saying? Maybe the way out is by maybe finally tithing or whatever that is, right? I mean, you need to look at, If I would just do this, or maybe if I don't do this any longer, maybe it's your debt. And we've done that before, and we've worked our way out of it. Maybe it's your health. Time to get in shape, right? Hey, listen, no more excuses. I know after everything for Thanksgiving, we're all talking about that diet, but we're not thinking about it until January 1, right? Because Christmas, right? And so we're starting 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I just want you to know that we strategically place the 21 days of fasting after the bowl games and before the Super Bowl. We tried to eliminate any, any look at the dates, it's true. We tried to eliminate any excuses, right? No more excuses, make up your mind. All right? Eat that last bit of queso watching the Super Bowl or whatever, because the next morning, hey, it's all sorry, right? So make sure that you're working on those things, right? I mean, you know, tomorrow morning for those of you, you go to Planet Fitness with the rest of the town, right? I mean, everybody's gonna be wherever that is for you. It's gonna be full. A couple of weeks there'll be half the people in there then, right? And it's something that we need to make up our mind and do in our now. If I just would be different in this, maybe it's your dreams. Maybe something God had put in your heart a long time ago. Maybe you've kind of let those aside. You've been disappointed. Maybe you let them lay for a long time and you know that he's been speaking to you to pick it back up and do something. Maybe it's a a mission trip. Maybe it's serving in a place. Maybe it's a ministry to start of some sort. Maybe it's something that you, have a business or something that you've just, take advantage of the now opportunity that God's provides you. Make up your mind that this is the year. But again, everyone needs to understand if you really want to be successful in any area of your life, you cannot leave God out. You cannot have less of God and have a better year. It's an impossibility. Why? Well, let's understand we are spirit beings. We just temporarily live on this earth in, a, as my dad would say, an earth suit. But we are spirit beings. And so it just makes sense the more we focus on our spiritual side of us, the better our life will be. You cannot eliminate God. And I'm amazed at how many people I sit down with and have discussions and talks about life. And yet it seems like the thing that's neglected is the spiritual dynamic. I think if we just would change a lot of things just by focusing on that a little bit more. And so we're a spiritual being, and if we're experiencing some frustration, maybe we need to realize that our own natural efforts aren't enough. We need to live in this natural world as supernatural beings. Amen? And the only way that's possible is by connecting with God. Again, back to the 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let's take a look at what King David said about the one thing. King David was an amazing leader. The, the greatest king of Israel, let's take a look at what he said about that one thing. If you were to ask him, what is that one thing? Psalms 27, 4 says this, one thing, the same idea behind what the apostle Paul is saying. There's one thing I ask from the Lord, and if you are to ask me, here's what I'm going to tell you. This only do I seek that I may, here's what it is, I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. King David says, if you're asking me my one thing... The one thing I go after the one thing that I seek David says I figured it out the closer I get to God the more I'm empowered to live life the closer I get to God King David amen the closer I get to, the only one thing is really needed and you know that list we just described with with habits and debt and health and relationships and all that on there if we will just focus on the one thing of getting closer to God he will empower us to deal with those issues So David's saying, hey, the biggest thing in life, the one thing is to focus on getting closer to God. And I just want to tell you that I've really felt this stirring in my heart. It's just not this thing that just kind of we all just say, but that's my goal for 2016. Personally, me, Don Duncan, is I'm going to see how close to God I can get this year. And I know there'll be obstacles. I'll have good days and bad days and I'll pick it back up. But I know I, I want to do that in my, in my, my marriage, my, my family, my home, my life the church as a pastor. I want to see how close I can get. And can I say this also? I want to see how close we as a church can get to God. Yeah, I want to see how close can we get. We have concentrated focus prayer. We even extended it or added the evening times to be able to accommodate more people coming to get as close to God as we possibly can. What would that look like for us as individuals and as a church? What would that look like to get as close to God as we possibly can? Let's take a look at uh, a New Testament story of Jesus and his life, Luke 10, 38. Let's look, turn over to Luke ten thirty eight. So here's Jesus sitting with his disciples and they're in Martha's house. And we pick it up in verse 38. He says this, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She invited him in. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Now, Martha gets a lot of heat for this. I mean, she gets a lot of persecution. She, we give her a hard time. And this is the story of Mary and Martha. Where Martha's in the kitchen and she's mad because Mary's sitting out there with Jesus and not coming to help. But Listen, can I just say, let's just get off Martha for a little bit, give her, give her a break, because she invited Jesus into her home in the first place. The only reason the other people got a a, a time to sit around with Jesus is because of Martha. And I think that sometimes we give her a hard time, but understand she provided the opportunity and Jesus was there. And so it goes on to say this, but Martha was distracted. Say distracted. Uh, Ah, how many of you have ever been distracted? Right? I don't know what we're talking about. I don't know. What was that? Distracted. Martha became, it is so easy in this world to be distracted. You know, the enemy doesn't even have to show up and punch you in the face. He just distracts you with some easy, simple things. And all of a sudden, I mean, how many guys have intended to go to church one day or an event or do something or give or serve, and you suddenly got distracted, right? You meant you're going to start your devotional. How many guys meant to start your devotional on January 1, and it's January 3, and you hadn't started yet because you've been distracted? You don't raise your hand. <laughs> because I want to raise mine. (laughs) But anyway, so it's easy to be distracted. So Martha got distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Not bad things. She just got distracted though. She came to him and asked Jesus, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me in the kitchen to do the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Next one. Okay, there we go. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things. You're too busy with so many different things. But few things are needed, or indeed only one. That's the same idea as the Apostle Paul says, one thing. And that's the same thing as King David says, only one thing I need. Here is Jesus is saying, you only need to be concerned about one thing. Mary has chosen what is better, sitting at my feet, getting close to me, and it will not be taken away from her. It he goes on to say this in the next verse. We go, do we have 42 at there? Is that, is that all together? Oh, it's all together, okay. But things are needed, but few things are needed indeed. Only one, Jesus says. So what is he saying? He's saying, Mary has chosen to get close to me, and Martha has been distracted in the kitchen. And can I say that, can I ask it this way? What is keeping you in the kitchen? I mean, let's just be honest, this morning, here we are gathered with an amazing time of worship, coming together, first part of the year, and can I just say this, my bet would be that many of us are in the kitchen when Jesus has entered this place. And that's something that we need to understand because we need to get as close to Jesus as we can and not be distracted and understand we even get distracted by the good things. Because did Mary not invite Jesus over probably for a meal and she's probably either preparing the meal or cleaning the meal up? That's not a bad thing. But nonetheless, if you got Jesus in your house, come on, how many of you had Jesus in your house and say, you know what, Jesus, just get comfortable. I can't believe that you're here. Of all the places you could be in, all, I cannot believe that you are here in my house. I'm gonna go clean my room. <laughs> right? Now, none of us would ever really probably say that. But anyway, so I'm gonna go do this, or I'm gonna do that. That's, but, but in reality, that's what we do. And Jesus is in our house, and we're found in the kitchen. But Mary was determined to get as close to Jesus as she could. So let's get as close to God as we can this year. In this story, let's find three things that will help us do that. We need to make up our mind to number one, make the most of this new year. We have got to make the most of this new year. Make the most out of this new thing or new opportunity, this fresh start. Martha had an opportunity. I don't know how many times Jesus ever came to Martha's house. You may only get Jesus in your house in in that day one time. You need to make the most of it. And yet she was in the kitchen. Martha had an opportunity. Jesus was in her house and she was in the kitchen. And the same way, Jesus is right in front of us and we may be found in the kitchen. Now, between services, someone came from the kitchen that was serving because they piped this in there. And thank you for those who are serving in the kitchen right now, getting ready for the lunch. I just want to say that. Let's thank them for their serving time. Don't be distracted. You're good. Stay in there. Best burgers in town. Anyways, we get distracted by good things and Jesus is right there. We need to realize, and I want you to understand this. When we're talking about a new year, here we are today in the good old U.S. of A. We live in the greatest country on earth. The greatest country, bar Not even close. The greatest country on earth. In fact, yesterday I had a phone call from Shaji, our friend with Indian evangelical team in India, and we were talking about just catching up and what's coming ahead and encouraging each other in the Lord. And I asked him about Christmas in India, and he said, it is the one day of the year that they can preach the gospel without fear of persecution from the anti-Christians. I thought, man, that's amazing, that's awesome. But then afterwards, it made me sit back and think, we get to do that 365 days a year, and we may only do it once, right? We live in the greatest country on the planet here in the United States of America. Realize this, that you and I, if this is your home, we attend one of the greatest churches on the earth. (laughs) Now, notice I didn't say the greatest church, but one of the greatest churches on the earth. I think it is, I think it is. Greatest country, one of the greatest churches. Hey, listen, we are in the beginning of a new year. It's the January of 2016, a new opportunity. Hey, listen, we're the beginning of a new week. It's Sunday. We're the beginning of new things. We've been given the opportunity of a new year. We've been given the opportunity of a new day. You have some opportunities right in front of you. Don't find yourself in the kitchen. Get distracted with other things. Ephesians 5, 15 through 16 says this. Be very careful. Here's a warning. If he's telling us to be careful, there's a reason why. Because we can easily get distracted. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every, what's that word? Opportunity because the days are evil. Even more so today, we need to be aware of the opportunities. In fact, that word opportunity in the Greek is the word kairos and kairos meaning time, literally meaning time. The picture would be this, a moment in time, a created moment in time. And the illustration would be like an open window. The window's open, there's a created moment in time, then the window's closed. The window's open, then the window's closed. Take advantage of the open window. Can I say this to you a Hey, in the beginning of January 2016, right now, take advantage of the open window. Make up your mind to do the one thing. Get as close to Jesus as you possibly can. Get as close to God as you possibly can. The window is open right now for you to do that. You have an opportunity right in front of you. A new day, a new year, a great church, a great country. Take the opportunity. Make up your mind to come to church. Hey, you're already perfect attendance. Keep going, all right, keep going. Make up your mind to come to church. Make up your mind to get involved. Not just sitting, not just coming and going. Get off the bench and into the game. Serve in an area where you're gifted. Serve in an area where you have passion. The window's open for you. Get in a small group when we start. Determined to get in a small group when we start. Go go to meetings, meetings that we have. We got prayer meetings, we got things coming up. We got Married for Life meetings, we got all kinds of things. We have the ladies' leadership meeting, we'll have men's breakfast meetings. We have events coming, be a part of that. We have wisdom for life. Make the most of your opportunity, give tithe, sow, pray, fast, disciple, get on the growth track, join the church, make the most of your open window, make up your mind. Let me say it this way. I wrote this down. Run the play. I don't know if you watch football. I love it. I love this time of the year because this is a bowl game. After bowl. I watch teams that don't even know where they are. I don't know who's that. They have a college there, really? I just love football. Okay, but last night was an exciting game and I'm not even a TCU fan, but a TCU and Oregon game, triple overtime, I turned it off at halftime because TCU was losing 31 to zero. They came back to win in triple overtime. Can you believe that? Biggest comeback in in FBS history, bowl history there. So here's the deal. I turned it back, flipping through channels, and it was 31-28. And I'm like, with two minutes left, I'm like, oh, I missed the, the exciting part. So I sure watched it the rest of the way. So TCU drove down and tied up the game, they're like 20 seconds maybe on the clock, they're kicking the ball off. And so the kicker goes up and the analysts are there saying, he's just gonna kind of squib kick it, meaning he's not gonna kick it to the guy wanting to return it, because the return guy was like one of the best in the country, don't risk that, all they need to do is get in field goal range. And so sure enough, the kicker runs up and kicks it to the guy, he doesn't squib kick it, and the analysts are going, I can't believe that, I can't believe this kid did that, and kicks it to the guy, the guy returns it 48 yards. They only need a few more yards to get in field goal range and risk losing the game. And so when the kicker's running the sideline, it's on the TCU coach, and the coach is yelling at him. And you can read his lips and, and even the bleeps, maybe I don't know. But and I, here's what I saw him yelling: "What did I say? What did I say?" And the analysts are saying, "Look at it. What he's saying. What did I say?" And you know it's like, "Squib kick it. Just kick it up the middle to one of the big guys that can't run." And so you know what the guy, that, what was the coach saying? "Run the play." My goodness, just run the play. And can I say, Tree of Life Church, run the play. The window's open. Just run the play. You will win. You will win. Just run the play. Get involved. Go all in. Make better decisions. Get close to Jesus as you can. Just run the play and do all the things that are contained in that. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, when we're not feeling good, we get some medicine in my house. I feel like I've been taking medicine for a couple weeks and thank you for the prayers. I feel like I'm kind of overcome, but you know, when you get to feeling better, you stop taking it, right? And I got a stepdad that's a doctor and I start feeling bad and he helps me with what I need to do. And then he'll check up on me. He's like, you've been taking it all. And I always, am, I feel bad when I say, well, I stopped because I started feeling better, but now it's come back. And he says, just take the prescription, right? Just take it till it's gone. I don't care how you feel right now. And that's all funny, but we can probably relate to either one or both of those. Listen, church, the window is open. Get as close to Jesus as you can. Go to church as much as you can. Go to the meetings, pray, fast, give, serve. Come on, worship, celebrate, run the play. Take the prescription. It works. What have you got to lose? You shouldn't want another year like you've had. And listen, if you'll do this all year, the word works. If I, here's my promise. If you'll do this, starting right now, first Sunday in January, all the, all the way to the last Sunday in December, if you'll run the play, if you'll take the prescription, all the things that we're challenging and encouraging you to do, your life will be better, noticeably better because the word works and God is faithful. But if you take the prescription, amen. If you run the play and you take the prescription and you're not any better than you were when you started, you and I both will find a new church. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? It works or it doesn't. And it works. The word works. Amen. Run the play. Take the prescription. Go all in. Understand your opportunity. Jesus is in your house. Don't get distracted and stay in the kitchen. Go all in. Sit at his feet and see how close you can get. Make up your mind to get rid of every distraction. Get rid of every distraction. Martha missed her opportunity by being in the kitchen. She got distracted by a good thing. Do you realize how many opportunities we miss by being distracted by good things? Now, I should've got an amen on that one. I'm gonna read that one again. Do you realize how many opportunities we miss by being distracted by good things? Come on, you know why we didn't say it? Because we're like thinking, oh yeah, man, that's true. We miss so many, do you realize the devil just doesn't bring bad opportunities up to you? Bad devil, he's a bad devil. He bring bad things in my life. I'm not doing that because that's bad. You know what? He's a lot smarter than that. You realize he's going to bring good things to you so you can get distracted from the God things or the best things. So many times we settle for the good things and miss the best things because we got distracted by the good. Martha, hey, she's either preparing lunch or cleaning up after lunch. Not a bad thing. That's a good thing at, the bad, at a bad time. So don't miss out. Eliminate all the distractions. Go for the best that God has. Go for the best. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, all those that have gone on before, your loved ones and mine, cheering us on, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Listen to this. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Get rid of every distraction. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Every year, again, we start with 21 days of prayer and fasting. Prayer we kind of know about. Most people, no matter how long they've been walking, know a little bit about prayer. Prayer draws you closer to God. Prayer connects you in a greater measure to God. But fasting, a lot of us don't know much about, but fasting disconnects us from the world. Prayer connects us to God. Fasting disconnects us from the world. When you put those two together, you get real close to Jesus. Now I know you don't maybe know a whole lot about fasting perhaps, but you can go on our website. Go on our website, you can find all the information on prayer and fasting you need to, to educate yourself and get yourself ready. But understand this, fasting, let me give you a simple definition, is getting rid of distractions. It is, fasting helps you get rid of distractions. We set aside a period of time where we, listen to this, fasting, fasting isn't just food, so we set aside a time where we don't do some things. Where we don't watch some things, where we don't eat some things, where we don't listen to some things, where we don't post some things, where we don't pin some things, where we don't tweet some things. And I don't know all the other stuff that happens, but we don't do those, right? We set aside 21 days. Why 21 days? Because if you will eliminate the distractions over 21 days, you'll create a habit. And most of that stuff, you should never pick back up. You need to eat, but most of that stuff, you should never pick back up. So we fast other things. Maybe fast social media, maybe TV, electronics, whatever that looks like. But understand the reason why. It helps eliminate the distractions and disconnect you from the world. So you can focus on the Lord. Fasting is finding that thing that distracts you most and laying it down for 21 days. So join us during our time to do that. Every time you say no to something, you go and sit at the Lord's feet. And every time you go sit at the Lord's feet, it will change your life. Life. Make up your mind to get out of the kitchen and sit at his feet. Last one. Let me give you this one. Make up your mind to make the presence of Christ the priority of your life. Make the presence of Jesus the priority in your life. Be Christ-centered. I'm not going to say be a Christian because that's such a broad term. I think it needs to be redefined. But I'm saying be a Christ follower. There's a difference. How do I know there's a difference? Because 84% of the United States of America professes to be Christians and look at the mess we're in. There's a different definition than what they're following. If 84% of America would be Christ followers, What a wonderful, incredible place that would be. It is already the greatest country on the planet, but things will look a lot different. Amen? So be a Christ-centered person, not just a Sunday person, not just a Wednesday person. Amen? Live in a Christ-centered home, not just a Christian home, but a Christ-centered home. Have a Christ-centered marriage. Raise Christ-centered children. Have a Christ-centered outlook on your finances. Have a Christ-centered outlook on your health, on your job. There's a difference there. Put him at the center of everything. Be God-centered. Be Christ-centered in your life. Jesus will not just be a part of my life, but the center of it all. You have an opportunity because Jesus is in your house. Now, remember when Paul said, I have this one thing. He does tell us what it is. Let's look at Philippians 3, 7 through 8, New Living Translation. says it this way. I once thought these other things were valuable. I was doing all these other things. I was in the kitchen cooking lunch with Martha. She wasn't, but you know what I'm saying. All these things, other things. I I was involved in other things, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. He is the most important thing. I I once uh, thought, okay, let's go on to the next one. Verse eight. Yes, everything else is, is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, even the good things. For, for his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ, so I could sit at his feet. The one thing the Apostle Paul was saying was getting close to Jesus. The one thing King David was saying was getting close to God. The one thing Martha forgot or got distracted from was sitting at Jesus' feet. That's how we start this year, to make up our minds to make getting close, as close to Jesus as possible our priority in life. When we do that, things change, amen? Because God is a true and faithful and good God. His word is true and powerful and active in our life. Only one thing is needed, and it will affect everything else in our life, and that is getting close to Jesus. What a great opportunity for you and I, Tree of Life, right here at the beginning of a new year. The window is open. You need to make up your mind what you're going to do this year. And I want to encourage you, make up your mind to make the one thing that you need the most getting close to Jesus, and it will change everything else. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.